Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for yet another day to come before your throne of grace as a family and to learn just that much more about you. Father, I ask that you would sit me, J.R., the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your words of truth upon my lips, Lord, that you would just... Speak to our hearts tonight, Father, for you always know what it is that we are in need of to hear. And Lord, tonight is no exception. So, Father, please speak to our hearts. Bless us exactly what it is and what we need, Lord. And please help us continually strive to push forward past where we are and to keep growing in you, Christ Jesus. It's these things we thank you for in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, y'all. So for Bible study tonight, um, I want to say for tonight's lesson, it's <clears throat> sort of an amalgamation of a few different things. And I say that to say that uh, throughout this week, I've been reading a, a few different Bible study plans, most of which all revolve around, um, you know, forgiveness. And that's something we kind of came in the year talking about. It's sort of been like our our theme for the year. And that, that's not changing here. It's just, it's the things that I've been seeing in relation to forgiveness that have kind of really shifted some things for me, right? And I, I have some notes here that I'd like to share with you guys that I've been, you know, taking on my phone as I study and stuff. And there were two very big things that jumped out at me this week, right? Uh, one of which, as I was studying um, in my Bible plans, and another of which that I actually heard on social media. And when I heard it, it made me think about it for a moment. And I knew it to be scripturally true because I've been there, done that, you know, just living life. And so as far as a kind of topic goes for tonight where we're just going to focus more so on the forgiveness aspect of it. I, for once, don't just have a <laughs> um, a title off the top of my head because it was just so much that I saw. But uh, the biggest issue I guess we'll tackle here tonight is the the fact of unforgiveness, right? Now, how many of us here? Let's go ahead and raise our hands. I, you know, we can do it silently. You don't have to show yourself doing it or even use one of the emojis for Zoom to show it, but I'll go ahead and show me doing it. Um, how many of us at some point in life have just outright lived in unforgiveness for a little while, right? Whether it was A, unintentionally, which can happen sometimes. You don't even realize you're living in unforgiveness or two. And this is the one we can be guilty of and not even want to talk about it. Sometimes we chose I'm going to tell on me for a moment, but we chose to just live in unforgiveness, right? It happens. We're people. When we share stuff like this in Bible study, remember, I'm not here to, to call you out. I'm not here to pick on you. I'm just here to, to share the simple truths of this human condition of ours and to help us move forward, right? But living in unforgiveness can be a very dangerous thing. Why? Well, one of the... Uh, one of the devotionals that I read in one of my Bible plans, I actually just copied the whole thing down because it was just so on point as to why we shouldn't be living like that. And then I will go ahead and share the opposite of it after. But let me let me just share this with you as we get started to to kind of look into some scripture here. Right. It says that God is so insistent that we forgive because he ultimately knows that when we don't forgive, we are the only person that is hurt by that choice. Now, I actually got an opportunity to talk about this um, earlier this week with Granny, actually. We were sitting down talking about this very topic, and I, I was telling her about how this kind of jumped out at me. 
And it's just kind of been, you know, revolving around my spirit this week. And I really wanted to share this with you guys because we don't understand all the time what it means to forgive and to unforgive, right? We look at it in a very one dimensional aspect. I'm upset with someone or something, right? But it's it goes so much deeper than that, right? So so check this out. It says that typically the people we are refusing to forgive either don't know or don't care that we have not forgiven them. They are not carrying that burden around every moment of every day, but we are. Forgiveness frees us from the anger and bitterness. Unforgiveness has the power to do the following. It can block healing, both mentally and spiritually. It hinders your offering being accepted by God. It blocks you from being forgiven yourself. We have scriptural proof of Jesus telling us that exact thing. It opens doors to the enemy to oppress us, which is something we're really going to focus on here, right? And it hinders prayers from being answered. It then goes on to say that God showed us how to forgive. Then Jesus called us to forgive. Now the only option left for us is to choose to forgive. And we're going to tackle that, right? And it, it tells us, well, why do we need to forgive? Well, not even that, but, you know, who do we need to forgive? To write a letter to that person and or about a situation that we haven't forgiven necessarily and to pray over it. And if we're led to do so, to destroy it, right? It's a representation of letting go of the pain and unforgiveness in our hearts, right? And the opposite that I read of this was talking about forgiveness. And to just sum it up, it said that when we forgive, the forgiveness that we're giving out, it's not really a stem of us having so much of this capacity to forgive, but it more so comes from us understanding how much God has truly forgiven us, right? I'm pretty sure all of us <clears throat> have heard the scripture and we're quite familiar with it that says that while we were yet still his enemies, God chose to forgive us, right? That it was through the sacrifice that Jesus was going to make, him setting him himself up to be the sacrifice for sin, to be the, the price that needs to be paid for it so that we could have an opportunity to be reconciled back unto to himself, right? That he would come and do that. And through, through the, the sacrifice of his own blood, which would be the remission for sins, as the Bible tells us, that it's through that that we were made right with him to be reconciled, right? If you aren't sure what the word reconciled means, or as the King James Version says it, the, the ministry of reconciliation, right? To reconcile at its bare bones means to forgive, right? Well, what does it mean to forgive? We talked about this in a few lessons ago, that when something is forgiven, that the debt that was originally there has been covered, right? But not from the source that needs to pay the debt. It was covered by an external source. In this case, we as people have a sin debt. And when we get saved or we enter into a relationship with Jesus, the debt for sin, which he covered on Calvary, then gets applied to our books, right? It's like a, a debt forgiveness program, basically. That's the best way to, to describe what salvation looks like, right? It, it is a debt forgiveness program. And we get into relationship with Jesus and then everything that we've done up until that point is covered and everything that happens once we get that covering now falls into different clauses of what scripture tells us. Right. Romans chapter eight being the um, most prevalent one that we hear, but not always understanding what it's talking about. Right. We know that. We serve a God that has a throne of grace and mercy. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us, right? That we now have this great high priest who understands exactly what we are going through, not just because he is the all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent God who knows all, sees all, and, and is all-powerful and is everywhere at once, right? But that he also understands because unlike all of these false gods that get taught out there, my God not only came down to walk the mile out for me in, in, in the same shoes that I wear, right? 
He put on his figurative Nikes and went ran the whole race just for you and for me. But then he rose up again, right? I'm not waiting on a, a dead God to get up. I'm waiting on the living God to return to take me to where he is one of these days. And throughout that process, he understands the testings and the trappings of life that that are constantly trying to beset me because he's been there, done that. Literally, I know the Bible in order to save space. Not everything that occurred was written, right? The end of uh, the book of John talks about that, that all the things that Jesus said and did, if they had been captured, well, the world itself could not contain the volumes of it. So we have the, the high points, right? The, the important parts. We have the cliff notes here, basically the abridged version. But it's still all important. Because like Granny has taught before, I've heard her say it countless times throughout the years, is that because it did occur, right, that those teachings, those blessings, the whatever it is that we need from the Lord is already supercharged into the spiritual atmosphere. We just have to tap into it. And how do we tap in? We pray. We ask God questions. All scripture is relevant. The Bible even says so that all scripture is God breathed, right? That it comes directly from him and he just used somebody's hand to jot it down, but that it is God breathed. It is there for us to reprove us, to rebuke us if needed, to teach us, to indoctrinate us, to get us closer to him, to prepare us, to equip us and to keep us without lack. That's what the Bible is there for. It's the world's greatest love story, but it's also a set of instructions it teaches us exactly what we need to do in order to live a truly holy life, right? No quotations. It teaches us how to do it. We're commanded to be holy because our God is holy. And the thing that God does more than anything is forgive little old us. We don't deserve it 100% of the time. But this relationship of ours doesn't come from a place of deserving or, or earning it. It comes from a place of love forgiveness stems from love right for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son not to condemn it but to save it right that in his own will even though he knows literally everything it's not his will that anybody should perish those that do perish simply rejected him i mean he makes it very simple this this relationship with God is not a complicated one. You love me or you hate me. It's that simple. One plus one equals two. We do not serve a God of, 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 of a gray area, right? People love to say all the time that life isn't black and white, but in reality, yes, it is. It doesn't seem black and white because we have a very horrible moral compass. We seem to do exactly what the Bible says, right? In those days, as Paul talks to Timothy, that people will become lovers of evil, right? They will reject those things that are good. They will reject sound doctrine. They will become itchy-eared people only wanting to hear things that make them feel good about themselves. And if you look at the world's current climate, absolutely. There are certain things that we just won't talk about tonight for the sake of time that, I mean, you see it every day. And the things that used to be completely wrong and objectively criticized because you know it's wrong are now acceptable today. And it's like, well, Jesus is coming back soon. Please hasten your return, Lord. But all of this is necessary to the simple fact that forgiveness is key, right? None of us are God. None of us have the ability to condemn someone and send them to a place, right? I can only do what I've been instructed to do. The Bible teaches each and every one of us that are his children to judge all things, right? To judge, if we really define that going back to its roots, does not mean to point a finger of blame. It means to ascertain what's going on there, correct? If I see someone trying to hurt another person, I'm judging that that act is completely wrong and against God, right? That's what it means to judge. If I see a parent taking care of their sick child, not just because that's their duty as a parent, but they're doing so lovingly, really trying to make sure that the child is OK, I'm judging 
that that situation is a very tender hearted moment of love. Right. That's what it means to judge. I'm not trying to point a finger. I'm trying to get an understanding to judge is to get an understanding of something. If we're going to make the definitions make sense. Right. Because the Bible was written a very long time ago. And some words just need a modern translation. That's all it is. But the diction is important here because to judge also means that after we have an understanding of what's going on in the moment or what's going on with the people, the place or whatever, that we then move accordingly. Right. I've said this so many times <clears throat> with uh, Granny throughout the past few weeks, and I'll share this with you because it's true. When we forgive. To forgive does not mean in human context to reconcile, right? There are so many things that I've forgiven in my life and people too. But let's start with the things, right? Things that I've done, things that I've, um, I've gotten over, things that I've really fully let go. I've forgiven it. I've forgiven myself for being allowed to be played for so long, right? By my struggle that I had for so, 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 so very long with porn, right? I had to forgive myself for that because the enemy will always want you to feel beat up, to get beat down about something because, you know, that that's all he has, right? But the thing is, once you get saved and you're going through your sanctification process, and you're still dealing with certain things that you used to, we have to remember that God doesn't just erase everything that we pray about. There are some things, and Granny had said this the other day, that God will walk us out of, right? <clears throat> and in the process of being walked out of certain things, that process isn't just for us, but it's for us to pull along the next person who's struggling in that situation too, so that they can come out of it with us as well. The Bible teaches us that the faith of a righteous person in a family, the faith of just one righteous person, has the ability to save the entire family, right? Well, in the same capacity as a family of believers, it's your faith that could be the catalyst for getting another brother or sister who's either on the way in or currently in and just isn't up to standard yet, to not only get saved, but to give them the ability to come out of certain things that they are currently struggling with, right? That's the thing about our relationship with God. There is a song by Kirk Franklin called Just For Me. And in the song, the, the lyrics of it say that <clears throat> um, we are tested in his fires to purify our desires, right? I can't think of how many times I've talked about it with you guys about the Lord, not just being a potter, but being like a, a blacksmith, right? The last one I really remember talking to you about was uh, that about silver being processed. The, the silversmith who is processing the silver will put it in the fire and will work with it. And the silversmith knows that the silver is ready to come out of the fire when it can reflect the person who's tempering it, right? So God puts us in the fire not to destroy us, but to temper us. And when he sees more of himself further doubling down the fact that we are mirrors and it is our job to reflect the image of our Lord. So that way it can refract into another person's heart that once we're ready for that moment, we're taken out of the fire so that all the work that the silversmith has done can set in. Then once he assesses it, and he says, hmm, this is good, but it can be better. There are more impurities that can come out, right? We are then put back into the fire. And for a lot of us, it feels like, well, God never come out the fire. Well, good. That means that God is never done working with you. Even when we have moments of where we feel complacent, I've had this conversation with, I believe, everybody in this Zoom meeting currently, that when we have these moments of where we feel complacent, where we feel like we're in a rut. That's okay too. Why? Because there are times in our life where God just needs us to be okay with waiting on him, right? The Bible tells us that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, right? Waiting or feeling like you're in that gray area doesn't always mean 
that God isn't answering your prayers. But what it means is that in a lot of cases I've come to see in my own life and looking at the lives of a lot of the people here is that God will have us in this waiting area to really renew our strength, right? Sometimes we get a little uh, lackadaisical in it. Sometimes we feel like we've kind of set into the, the mundanuity of, of life, right? But in reality, God is restoring us to prepare us for the upcoming trials and tribulations ahead, right? God teaches you a thing, gives you a test to see if you've learned the lesson, then he catapults you into situations to where you need to go problem solve according to the lessons that you've learned, right? How many times, show of hands here, where God has taught you something, then almost immediately after that lesson is fully set in and you've gotten a clear understanding of the lesson that you were supposed to learn that you had to go help somebody or help some people or help some situations, right? And it happens almost every time like clockwork because God doesn't just prepare you to keep you on the sidelines, but he prepares you to use you mightily for his namesake. And I know you're probably asking yourself at this point, well, what does that have to do with forgiveness? Everything. Because there are so many times, like I shared with you in the devotional that I read, that we live in unforgiveness. You look in the Bible, there are so many people that God called that just didn't want to go help other folks because they didn't want them to get it, right? One of my favorite examples is Jonah and the Ninevites. I mean, he got swallowed up by a whale. And why? Because he knew that after God called him to go preach to them, that they would get it right with him, right? That they would say, oh, we've been wrong. We need to be with real God, not the God we drew in the dirt, not the God that we could uh, cast out of iron or whatever, but the actual living God. And God himself straight up says several times throughout the, note, the, uh, the Old Testament, and then Jesus reaffirms it in the New Testament, that there is but one God. There are no gods, but there is one God. And that is he, him, Yahweh, right? His eternal covenant name. And then gives us the name above every name, Jesus, that there is just one God and he is a wise God and there is no other God. And he says there will be no other gods in a lowercase g before me, meaning things that we could take his worship that he is so rightly deserving of and shift it toward him. Well, we've all been there before. And so there are a lot of times and you got to really receive this with your spirit here where we live in unforgiveness with self. I know people, other people is typically the subject of it where, you know, we're always taught you got to. Be quick to forgive other people, right? But what about you? Forgive you, okay? Because the relationship with God is straight up between you and him. No one else walks that walk but you with God, okay? No one else can walk it for you. No one else can help put some steps on your, on your, on your counter for you. Only you can do that. Now, we as a family, we can be there to help each other out in terms of, of bearing some, some weight together. I can help ease some of your burdens. But as far as that journey goes, the best I can do is say, hey, look, God got me through it. And now that it's your time to come through, you can do it too. But I can't walk the walk for you. The best I can do is push you to where you need to be in Jesus' name and let you take the leap of faith and just trust God. But as far as the forgiveness goes, we, we can't we can't keep living like this, y'all. There are so many people in my life right now that I can think of that I, I will be honest with you, I don't like. But that doesn't mean that I don't love them. Now, not liking somebody, that's one of those great things for us. And if you focus on it too hard, it can become a place of unforgiveness. But I'm saying it to say that the people that I don't like are usually the people that I pray for the most. And it's not that I don't like them as, as, a, as a person. It's just I don't like the things that they seem to be intertwined into, right? The Bible teaches us not to hate anyone, but to love everyone, especially our enemies, right? So that they too might have an opportunity to get saved from the very real hell that we got saved from. That's a part of forgiveness, right? You have to really forgive someone in order to pray for them to escape hell like we did. But honestly, I mean, 
since none of us deserve to go to God's heaven, we should all be praying that we all dodge that bullet, right? So let's really pray for our enemies like Jesus instructed us to. I mean, I brought it up in the beginning of this, that while we were yet still God's enemies, he chose to die for us. That's love. That's a manner of love I still don't understand. And I study the Bible to, to give it to you guys every week. So, I mean, that's just the God we serve. He, he's great like that. But on top of that, <clears throat> we notice, and I've shared this with you before, that when we pray, prayer isn't a tool that's used to change God's mind on things. Prayer is a tool that helps to alleviate us, the, the person who's doing the praying, right? That when we pray, it prepares us to further accept the will of God. I can pray and ask God for anything that's on my heart. But as I do so, I end up saying, and it happens every single time, and it happens to all of you guys, that as we pray, as we spend time in the face of God, that it is not God who changes, because, I mean, we can't change the, the holy perfect one, but it's us that changes, right? The perception of the thing changes. The more I ask God for a thing, I mean, the, the more I'm relying on him to give me peace in the situation, giving me strength. The first time you pray about something, trust me, God has already worked it out. <clears throat> he worked it out before you had the need to pray about it, but he's already worked it out, right? So the subsequent times that we go to him then is for us. And the cool thing about that is, is that the more we pray about certain things, there are opportunities where God will hasten it because if it's within his will, then he'll do it because in the example he gave us about the the woman and the wicked judge who kept knocking and pestering him until he did it just because it's like, look, I'll do it to get you out the way. But the opposite response from God is, is that my baby really cares about this. And because it does line up according to my will, I'll hasten the thing because I see how much they're pouring into me in order to see some results occur, right? Now, even with that, the timeline for God's blessings and resolutions, we don't really understand that, do we? We might think a thing is simple and, oh, well, God could change this overnight. Yes, yes, he can. But in a lot of cases, God isn't, you know, we're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. So the more we pray about certain things, the more we're really saying, God, help my heart or help the people involved's hearts to get on page with your will. And how do we get there? Forgiveness. A lot of times we're stuck in stubbornness because we haven't forgiven a person or forgiven something in our past. Remember, we cannot fight future battles if we're still caught fighting past ones. The reason a lot of times and guilty as charged, some of us always feel dirt tired is because we're fighting multiple battles. Baby, you're not equipped to do that. We're equipped to fight one battle at a time. And you may say, but I have so many different things going on in life. Yes, yes, you do. But as far as I've seen, typically all the battles that we currently face in a season are all tied together. So if you feel like you're tired because you're stretched so thin, it's because you're fighting multiple things, right? Now, I'm not telling you that if you're responsible for people or different things to drop some stuff, what I'm saying is, learn where your strength is going toward right i i want to say what was it like last year or maybe 2022 something happened to me in 10th grade and 10th grade was what 2015 for me so almost 10 whole years ago and the thing that happened caused me to kind of live in this state of unforgiveness for almost 10 years right and it didn't really occur to me what I hadn't forgiven until I had a conversation with my brother Broderick up until about I think 2022 or 2023 and when God hit me with it it's like well that's the problem that's why I feel this way about this certain group of people because I haven't forgiven it and you know, it's the things like that that make me kind of sick with self, because how do you walk with a God who's truly perfect and holy 
and still fall so far behind. But it's life. And one of the biggest things that will get us aside from unforgiveness is being impatient. God has us on a preset treadmill for this life, right? And there's one speed that we're supposed to be walking for each season. And we do not dictate that speed, right? God does. And the issue that we as people have, and it stems from the forgiveness factor, which can kind of cause some impatience here because we want some instant gratification, is that we try to to run where we're supposed to be walking, right? Or we try to walk where God has us at a faster pace. You ever seen somebody on a treadmill or have you ever been on a treadmill? You know that on a treadmill, you set it to a certain speed. And when you walk the pace that's set, everything feels natural, right? You, you go with the flow. It's easy. Now, if you're trying to run on a treadmill that's set kind of slow, you end up messing up your stride. You, you begin to do something like a, a hop and a skip. And you start to falter and trip and fumble because you're going faster than you're supposed to. That happens because we get impatient. It's like, no, God is saying in a lot of seasons for us is that if we would just go according to his pace, right, that everything that we've prayed for would get worked out accordingly. It might not happen when we think we want it to, but it'll happen exactly when we need to because God has it set at this perfect pace so that instead of going through life where we have a little high and then drop way down low and then we have to be dug out from the bottom of the barrel we'll go and we'll have you know a few zigzags up and downs right because that's the natural course of life but we get there and then in other cases god will have us go we have the ups and downs but then we circumnavigate certain things where in this two-dimensional plane god makes it 3d where we jump away from a lot of the problems in life that are waiting right there on us because while Satan can't stop you from getting to God's purpose, he can slow you down. Or if he is allowed to, he'll try to take you out, right? But since death and the grave belong to Jesus now, that's not really a possibility anymore as those of us who belong to Christ Jesus. So if we just go his pace, right? Forgive where we really need to forgive. My favorite thing that Jesus talked about, that if your right hand causes you to sin, to just cut it off for it's better to lose a piece of you than for your whole body to burn in hell. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's apply it, right? If a person causes you to sin, cut them off. It's better to not have a relationship that you know is causing you to do wrong and get you further away from God. It's better to let that go. And just heal, because I promise you, every relationship that brings sin into your life, you did that. God didn't ordain that. And what we're not going to do is put God, God Almighty here. We're going to use the glasses as a representation. What we're not going to do is put him in a box and say that this box God told me that this ratchet person over here was good for my life who keeps stabbing me with a poison needle. No, that's not the God we serve. The God we serve will more times than not say that something isn't for you than he will say that something is for you. How do I know? I've been there, done that. I'll share something with you that quite literally every single woman in my adult life that I ever tried to talk to or have a relationship with, I immediately got a warning from God that this ain't it. And the last one that I got a big warning about, I believe back in 2000 and what was it? 18, 19, I think it was 19 outright, just straight up describe the person to a T. And I never even talked about that person to the person who I got the warning from the person being my mom. But as I read it, it's like, oh, this described them perfectly down to the last T and dotted the eyes with the heart and everything that this is not it for me, that if I would stay there, it would not only destroy my life and derail me, but that my witness for Jesus would become ineffective. 
Do you know how crazy that is? But I thank God for that, because what does that mean? That God warns the ones that he loves. And if you belong to him, he will warn you. But here's the thing about warnings, right? Sometimes we don't want to hear it. Oh, but God, I can change them. Where where in the Bible does it say that? I'm not even going to wait because it's not in there. God is the one that changes people through relationship with him by unclogging their heart. You don't change on your own. If things look good, well, let me tell you, Satan has some pretty decent actors out there. But also, let me tell you that they're all B-list actors. They seem good. They, they seem great. But it's something off about them. That's why they don't hit the mainstream. God, on the other hand, all has A-list actors. They're the ones that show up in everything. They're also the ones that get all the roles, which means that they're the ones that are connected. But with Satan, everything's unconnected. It's disconnected. It seems like it's cohesive, but it's not. It always falls apart. And you wonder, I'm going to speak on myself for a moment, why you keep having to run in and out of relationships. I don't even just mean a significant other. I mean with people in general, because they weren't meant for you in the first place as a child of God. And I, I quite literally mean this, and it's in the Bible, that there are some relationships, whether it's romantic, platonic, whatever, that you shouldn't just enter into because you have to be considerate about the other person in question. I say that meaning that God will quite quite literally kill people if they try to do you wrong. God himself says, touch not mine anointed, right? He means that physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of the above, right? And you have to forgive you. I'm speaking from experience here. You have to forgive yourself for subjecting yourself to lower stature that God never meant for you to be in in order to rise above whatever sinking feeling that Satan has tried to sow into your spirit that you do not deserve better. Let me tell you something. If Jesus died for you on the cross and he did that for everybody, then you deserve better, right? Better doesn't mean that you don't get into relationship with people, not just because they aren't deserving. It means that we need to really look at what the Bible says, right? To not be unequally yoked with people. That isn't just about trying to find a, a marital partner at some point in life. It means about all relationships, right? If God sends you to befriend someone who isn't saved, well, guess what? They're going to get saved because he sent you there to do so. But if you're doing all the picking without God's express written consent behind something like we should be doing, well, then in a lot of cases, we end up in situations that we put ourselves into. And we need to forgive self through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. For these self-inflicted seasons that have no end point, right? When God puts you in something, there is a set end date and time. When you put yourself in something, you'll never see the end of it unless God drags you out of it one way or another. Now, of course, like the Bible says, God can work out all things for good. Those of us who love him and are called according to our purpose. But just because he can work it out doesn't mean you should want him to work it out. Right. I much rather dodge a lot of bullets and feel sad sometimes because of loneliness due to having to be reclusive or certain things just to live properly in God's will. I rather feel like that from time to time than go get myself into a heap of mess and hope that he works it out one of these days because I just can't help myself. No, no. See, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I told you that was scripturally the correct thing to do because it's not. Certain things in life, yeah, we're going to choose to do wrong because we're human and we have this human condition and it's it's stupid. Other things in life, we're going to have uh-ohs and oopsies because the, the heart really wants to serve God, but evil is always abound. But we thank God that the answer is through Jesus, who can tear us out of any and every situation and get me to a, a situation where I'm sinning less, right? Remember, we're not sinless, but we can sin less. There's a big difference. Sinless means we're just like Jesus. Not yet. Not till we get the glorified body. But through practice and application and a lot of prayer and a whole lot more accountability, I can sin less. Certain things that used to knock me flat on my butt can now only partially trip me a little bit and cause me to check my shoelaces. 
there is a big difference between just outright sin and sinning less. And we can get there. And it all starts with forgiveness, right? It started with God forgiving you by dying on the cross. It then starts by you forgiving self for just being duped for so long. And then it ends with you forgiving the people who wronged you, who you so desperately want an apology for. But remember what I read to you? There are people out here right now who probably really do owe you something but they don't even care. It's not even on the forefront of their mind because in their heads, they have done you no wrong. I know people that have robbed, cheated, borderline murdered, some that have, and all of the above that think that their actions were justified. But at the end of the day, and I have this conversation so often with my boys and granny, that God is the one that gets the final say-so. The battle is not yours, it's his. So why are you trying to do something that clearly belongs to God? Don't try to fight your battles. Pray about them and leave them in God's hands because that's his battle. Is there some vengeance that needs to be accrued because there is a debt that's unresolved? Baby, forgive it, forget it, and let God do his things because vengeance is his. And when you try to rob God of his things, well, you're getting into a fight you're not going to win. I say all this to say that unforgiveness is a very deadly thing. It can cause you to have a lot of blessing blockers in your life. And as a person who's let go of a lot of blessing blockers, whether it be actual people or things that I was associating myself with that I just had to flat out stop because it was bringing me down. It was capping where God was trying to take me because each season where you get breakthroughs in order to go to the next season, you can't bring old things that are going to slow you down, right? Whether it's actual people, a job, a place, an ideology that you've concocted in that special little chicken nugget brain of yours, whatever it may be. We have to forgive for real, for real. Let it go. God is too good for that. I mean, he forgives you day in and day out. Some of the conversations I have amongst my brothers are so funny because it's like, and God kept us, right? Something I talked about with granny a few days ago when she sat in that recliner right behind me is that God had to really work on me. Because one of my biggest prayers right now has uh, been behind some pain. And I had to remember because God had to bring it back to me when I was in the same situation with granny, acting belligerent and foolish. He just simply came to me and I'll let you go after this. Didn't I say I got you? Yes. Yes, you did, Lord. And in the midst of your sin, did I kill you? No, you didn't. And the tears begin to roll because one of the biggest things that we ought to be grateful for is when we're in outright sin, whether we're especially when we're saved, is that God has the prerogative to take you out, to just snatch you out of here because it's like, oh, so you know better and just continue to be stupid. Okay, well, I'm going to just come on and take you home because I got to save you from you for real, for real. Be grateful that God hasn't had to do that to you. And let's pray that he never has to do that to you because there will come a point in time where, as my late bishop used to say, you just really get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And in this instance, we ought to be downright disgusted with not forgiving other people, let alone self. I don't care what they did to you. I really don't. We'll never offend another person more than we offend God on a daily basis, let alone before we got saved. Remember, sin is offensive to God, and we probably sin an incalculable number of times throughout the day with our thoughts alone, let alone the actual actions that we take. But remember what Jesus said, so a man thinks in his heart, he's already done it. You're guilty of the things that you do in your heart. So there's that number with the question mark. It's just, I don't know how many times I did it, Lord, but I'm sorry. That's why when we pray, granny always taught me to pray. And I'm pretty sure anyone else who who's here that she's taught to pray that we should pray to God to forgive us of our sins and to forgive us of the sins that we aren't even aware of, right? I don't, I'm not aware of everything that I do. I can't keep track of it all, but God does. And since we're our hearts are supposed to be for him living for Jesus and not to scratch my itchy body because it's dirty. I just have to be more accountable for it. And I'm okay with that because forgiveness, as I was taught, 
it doesn't come from us. It comes from us realizing how much God has forgiven us. Right. And in the Bible, it tells us that those who are forgiven a whole lot of right, we're typically the ones that are quicker to forgive others. Right. Because at the end of the day, no matter what's going on again, you cannot offend another person more than we can offend God. So forgive it. Let it go. Call it a day. Live a a relatively stress-free life because that's what God wants for you. Any stress that you endure should only be tied to the situation at hand. All external stress, well, if it's there, just count it as a thorn in your side to keep you humble. Because none of us can say that if we didn't have any issues in our life, that we wouldn't become proud and haughty. We just can't say that. But I even thank God for the thorn in my side because remember, when you're weak, That's when his strength is made perfect. When I'm all too human, God will be all to him and show up and show out and perform miracles in your life and touch the lives of others around you. That when you forgive, when people know you've been done wrong and choose to forgive anyway, they will say that clearly that's the work of God because I know that person. I know Jr. That that's not his way, not not to forgive something like that, but he did it anyway. So it had to be Jesus. And you'd be absolutely correct, because I can take no, absolutely no, none of God's credit for the things that he does in my life, because at the end of the day, we are simply instruments to be used for his glory. And I am so grateful and I feel the privilege to be used as an instrument to be made readily available to my Lord so that somebody can see that the things that he did for little old crazy me, he can do for them too. And remember, it starts with forgiveness. Don't live in unforgiveness. It's poison. It's like eating spoiled milk. It's chunky. It smells bad. It will mess your stomach up the second it touches it. Just throw it in the garbage, okay? Throw the unforgiveness away, invite the forgiveness in, drop those weights off your shoulders, walk out of that open cell, take those unshackled chains off of you because everything that you allow to attach to yourself after you've entered into relationship with God, it's just a facade from Satan. It'll feel heavy, but it's light as a whistle. It just kind of got you choked up a bit. So let it go, give it to Jesus, and walk in your purpose, your calling and walk unbothered okay that's the secret to this lesson here heavenly father we come before you in prayer simply saying thank you lord lord we thank you so much that we do not have to live in unforgiveness father for if anyone were to have that right it would be you lord because you created us with the specific purpose to be your new praise leaders but instead we looked at you and just did you completely wrong we stepped out on you we we cheated we did all of the above we some of us cursed your name some of us blasphemed some of us did unspeakable things and like romans chapter one says there are some that just were tired of regular sins so they created new sins and then enticed other people to do those new sins with them but father god we thank you so much that despite all of the insanity that sparked from us because we had to have a few screws loose that we unscrewed ourselves that you chose to love us anyway father that not only did you choose to really love us but that you chose to forgive us and to redeem us god for we were at a point of no return where redemption was the last thing on the docket but you pushed it up to the very forefront because you knew that if we didn't have you, Father, well, we'd be going straight to the hell that you made for Lucifer and the rest of the fallen angels. But Lord, we thank you that even though the way to heaven is straight and narrow, that it's it's hard for a lot of people to do, that the impossible things are all possible through you, God, that all we have to do is have proper relationship with you. And to have that is to remember that you are God Almighty and that reverential fear of you is the beginning of true wisdom, Lord. That yes, while you are a loving God, a forgiving God, you are also a just God and a God that has a debt to pay. And you yourself said that you will pay the hearts of all men according to the actions that they have done, that you will pay us accordingly so to the things that we've reaped, and that we will sow a harvest one day from it. So God, I ask that the harvest that we're 
soon to reap would be one that is in co-labor with you, Father, that there would be more seeds of brothers and sisters to be born into this family, that those of us who are already here with you would just let some stuff go, that there are so many actual Christians that are bitter and for no reason because, God, how dare we? How could we say, but they did this and they did that to us when we stepped flat out on you? You made us and we immediately went left. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to think about. But God, we thank you anyway that you're so merciful, that you're so patient with us, that even when we can't even be faithful half the time, that you're the faithful one to us, God. And it is through your faithfulness that we can begin to grow more so in it. So, Lord, I ask right now that if there are any of us even those that weren't able to make it for whatever reason tonight that are living with some sort of grudge or some sort of vendetta that they have, that you would just let it, let us let it go. God, that you would give us the strength to give it to you because father, there is nothing in this life that holding a grudge to would that it would be beneficial. Instead it's poison. It rottens us from the inside out and it causes the rest of the fruit to go sour too. But God, it is through you that through the severing process of it, through the pruning process more so, that when you break those parts of the branch off, that the part that remains would grow stronger and would produce a more healthy and a more bountiful harvest. So, Father, let that be the outcome for our lives instead of having to sever us and throwing us into the the pile that's just waiting to be born. Lord, we truly need you. And we thank you that in that state of need, that you never fail to meet our needs. Continue to walk with us and guide us along the steel paths and into the righteous places. It's these things that we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed.